0: Hello, everybody. My name is Pat Hogarty, and welcome back to California Real Estate Practice, Real Estate 310. This happens to be, I believe, show six. And today we're going to be covering several different things. Uh, One of the things that I'm going to be talking about that I've mentioned many, many times is I'm going to be going over the requirements of the business plan. And so uh, I'm going to be uh, pulling up some stuff that already is on your website, your Blackboard website, but I'm going to be going over in detail what it happens to be. Uh, remember that when you do turn in your business plan, that's going to be the time that you come in to take the second midterm exam. So you're going to want to be able to check your exam schedules and make sure that you'll know that that'll be the date. So when you come in to take your second midterm exam, you'll be walking in, taking the exam to whatever the room happens to be. And the reason why I've used this and I don't date this is because we're actually also rebroadcasting this again, and I don't want to put things down that people go, oh, you're in room so-and-so, you know, and they show up in the wrong room. But anyway, so what's going to happen is when you come in for the second midterm exam, you'll also have in your hand your business plan that you're going to be turning in that night or that day when you come in to take the, take the uh, exam. Which leads me to the second thing that I want to do is that what I've done is I've put a separate button on your Blackboard website for this class. And what this button is, and Bob in a minute here will move over here to the uh, screen, uh... which is uh... the plasma screen and what i wanted to do is to show you you're used to the fact that the last button that's down here on the left hand side says tv shows Uh, what i've done is right above that i have something called exam schedule that i've put in there so it's easier for you to find it and when you click on exam schedule what's going to happen is over here on the right hand side you'll see another little link and when you click on that link it's going to show you the dates and the times. Now keep in mind uh, for anybody that's watching this in future dates like in the fall we'll always have the most current exam schedule that's up here. But what's going to happen is we have two different times that you guys can come in for each exam. Uh, The first time that you'll be able to come in will be at 11 o'clock on the day of the exam from 11 to 1 and the reason why we did that is we're trying to make this available for both our daytime and our nighttime students. You may not realize this, but between all of the students and all the classes, I have over a hundred students, even so you only see a few of them in the class right now. The bulk of them that I usually are finding that come in are going to be coming in at night. But the concept is this, is that on the day of the exam, when you check your exam schedule there, you'll go in and you'll be coming here at 11 o'clock. The reason why we picked 11 o'clock is we wanted, that's to set the room up, and we wanted to allow for those of you that are on campus normally, okay, so that you can come in. Uh, What you're going to want to do is remember that parking on this campus is tough and it's going to be tough for a long period of time to come so you're going to want to make sure you get here early enough because what we want to do is start at 11 o'clock. Now as memory serves me correctly, I've never had a problem with this. In fact, this has been one of the nicest parts of teaching this class. I've never, ever, ever had anybody late. Anybody, nobody has ever shown up late, which has been really great. So the concept is you're going to come in, you'll show up at 11 o'clock on that day if you're in the morning class with your Scantron 8A2 in one hand, your pencil number two in the other hand. You'll sit down and you'll take the exam and the exam, remember, is the same thing that you've when I've asked you to download the study guide. It's the same thing. So you shouldn't really, if you've done the study guide and done what I've asked you to do properly and look them all up, you should be able to waltz in, spend about 20-25 minutes, finish the exam and walk out the door And if you really worked hard and prepped for it, you should get 100 on it. Okay, most of my students do really, really well on the exam, okay? It's just the fact that they've spent the time to look it up. Now, for our evening students, the ones that are taking this class, that are maybe at home and tivoing the class and they're watching it later on or they're watching the rebroadcast on the weekend, for you guys, what will happen that need to come at night, we're going to have the same exam, but that will take place between 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock. And again, the reason why we picked 5 o'clock was because again we have a parking issue on campus. And so if I get you here, if you plan on arriving on campus around 4.30 to a quarter to 5, there's a good possibility that you won't have any problem finding parking. You'll just beat the crowd before they start coming in at night. And the reason why I do that is because some of you, maybe the only times that you're coming on campus is for the orientation, the first exam, second, and the final exam. So I want to make sure that you all can get on campus on time, okay? So what I want you to do is I want you to log on to Blackboard and make sure you check the exam schedule. The second thing is if you did not receive this via email, that means that you did not update your email address. Okay, you did not. And let me just take a minute and explain how to do that again for you know for the 16th or 17th time. This is a good example of where I want to send something out and I want to notify you so you don't have to go and check the Blackboard every day. In other words, you're just sitting there doing your email with your friends and all of a sudden, bing, up, something pops. So what happens is is if you look back here on Blackboard, and Bob will bring it up, over here on the left side, you'll notice there's something that says Welcome. What you do to change your email address is you just click on the Welcome button. Then right down here, there's something called Personal Information. You click on the Personal Information. And then right up here, the first one that you have is something called Edit Personal Information. You click on that, and what will happen is this right down here is where your email address is. And you want to make sure that it's the email address that you normally receive your correspondence by. You know, sometimes people have three and four different emails. This is the one that you normally log on to to check email from your friends on a regular basis. Make sure you update that so then from now on you're always getting the emails when I send them out okay so you'll know and that becomes important because I can give you a number of examples I've had where students will say for example email me and say there's something wrong with the study guide and what I'll do is I'll take a look at it and say you know what they are right I'm wrong the students right I need to make a change I wouldn't say this happens on a regular basis but I've been known to make a number of mistakes and goof things up I mean I might say I'm known for that but I've done that so what I normally do is I will take and make the correction and then I will put a posting on the on the Blackboard website, and I'll also send an email out, and I'll say, listen, one of your students, one of your fellow students, found that question number six is incorrect, and this is the correct what it should be. And that's for me to get the information quickly as as fast as I can back to you guys, you know, to interact with you very quickly. So that's that's why it's important for you to have email, okay? I have had students that will come in to take an exam and they'll sit down and take the question they'll get it wrong and they'll say, uh, well didn't you know about it? And they say, oh, I never checked my email. So it's important that you do that, okay? Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back over here to the courses really quick. I'm going to show you where this is on Blackboard and then I'm going to pull these documents up separately because I've already got them downloaded. Remember you're, we're talking about real estate practice and I'm going to go to course materials here in a second. And remember that I have a couple links here. I have one that says Real Estate Agent Business Plan Documents. Okay. And when you open that up, you will see documents in here. For example, the Real Estate Business Plan Checklist that we're going to go over. That's the first document you're going to work with. The second one is a Microsoft Excel uh, Plan Example Spreadsheet. The idea is that you're going to have two portions to this business plan. You're going to have a narrative portion that's going to talk about how you're going to go about doing your business. And then the other thing is, you're going to have a financial section. And the reason why is in the financial section, you're going to be talking about the fact of how many houses do you need to sell, how much income are you going to generate, what your expenses are going to be. And that'll become evident as you go along, okay? If you need to use a spreadsheet, if you've never used one before in your entire life, remember the reason why you signed up and you paid those big fees to take classes here. And if you've never used one, we have a whole bunch of people over here in B 151 of the business building on the first floor they're called tutors and we pay those guys big money to sit around and lay around and wait for you guys to come over there and get some help okay so if there's something you do need to do you can go over there to get help okay if you've never worked any of this stuff never worked with computers or anything else you can go over there and that's what they're there for and I've told them that you may be coming over okay so I have this area and then I'm gonna go back one here for a second I also have another section here which I call Business plan uh, sample documents again, and this is the narrative portion of the report. So the second part is the narrative and an example spreadsheet. Okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to minimize this right now, and I'm going to go back to where I've already, let me see, I think I've already got these things open right here. Okay. And I'm going to pull the documents up in the order in which we use them. The first document that you're going to want to utilize is something I call a checklist it's a data gathering device in other words you're going to fill out the information like you would for any other kind of application if you would okay so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to start off with asking you some information that's going to be pretty straightforward now the concept here is that you're going to be putting the information in here you're going to be gathering the information it's a working document it's not the one that you turn into me it's a working document okay so you can write all over the thing The first thing I'm going to start out by asking you, very simply, is I'm going to be asking you, what is your name? Okay, so we want to know what your name is. We're going to just start there, really simple, okay? First name, middle initial, last name. Second question I have is, what date do you plan on taking your real estate exam? In other words, you're going to go into this business, what date is it that you plan on doing that? When do you plan on doing is it is it in the fall, the spring, the summer? when do you plan on doing that because whenever you're doing something, you have to set a target date, okay, even if you're not going to be a real estate salesperson, you still need to do this report by the way, okay, but you need to put a date down there. I plan on you know on October uh, not October, but uh March or April or May of this year, I'm going to take that exam. You need to have a target date, okay if you already have a license then you need to turn around and just put that you're licensed, or that you received your license on that date. So if you say, for example, you took the exam last year in November, on November 15th, you can say November 15, 2005. Okay? The next thing is, is what date do you plan on passing the real estate exam? Now, (laughs) I know that's two different issues here, but... um, you know the thing is is that you need to plan on taking it and you plan on figuring out when is, it, when is it let me see if I make sure what date do you plan on taking your real estate license exam and what date do you plan on passing the real estate license exam well you hope it's the same day right you hope it's the same day now there's a, now keep in mind that there's a date that you need that you're going to get your license and the reason why I do this is because your license is usually going to take uh, you know this is like from principles the day that you take your exam when you take your exam, you don't get your license that day. You take the exam and you pass the exam. That's phase one. Phase two is, is now you have to submit all the appropriate documentation, like what courses you took, you know your fingerprints, all kinds of other things, to actually apply for the license. So you can actually f- take the t- exam and find out maybe two or three weeks later that you passed it. And then they're going to send you an application. You fill it out, and it might be another month or a month and a half before you actually receive your license. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys, okay? So you've got to take the exam first, but there's probably going to be a month or maybe even two months before you would actually, even after you pass it, actually have your exam in your hand. So as an example, if you were to plan on starting to sell real estate or do mortgages or whatever in, say, June of this year, you may very well want to target taking the exam somewhere around March because you're going to take it, say, March 1st, Pass it the first time, be notified around the 15th, submit your application, and then you're going to actually have to have it then go through the process and get it approved and then get your, actually get your license after that, okay? Really important. Next question is, what area do you plan on focusing your attention on selling properties? In other words, where are you going to work? Where do you have a desire to work? Do you want to work in North Sacramento, South Sacramento, East, West? Where do you want to work? Exactly. Uh, It becomes very, very difficult for you to say, I'm going to be an expert in every kind of piece of real estate, no matter where it's located in in, in California. That's virtually impossible. You're going to find out that, you know, based on neighborhoods and where things are located, that's going to take quite a bit of time just to know about that area. If you want to sell homes, for example, in Land Park, that's going to take a lot of your effort to get become knowledgeable in that area. So when people walk in, they say, oh, sh- she knows where or he knows where the schools are, what the houses are like, what the houses should sell for, so on and so forth. So geographically, what area is it that you plan on working? What are the geographic boundaries? You know, if it was exclusively, say, uh, you know, Land Park or in this area here, you may say, okay, on the east side, we're going to be bound by uh, the... <laughs> 99 Freeway. On the north side, we're going to be bound by uh, X Street, okay? On the west, we'll be bound by Highway 5, and in the south, whatever the street is down there, uh, uh, Florin Road, okay? In other words, you have some geographical area that you're going to specialize in, so you're going to become knowledgeable in that area. The reason why you're going to do that is that's going to dictate where, it's going to dictate several different things. Who works in that area, what companies work in that area, and what prices, what do the homes sell for in that area. Okay, so you want to know geographically where you're going to want to work. So you're going to explain that here. Next question How much do homes in this area sell for? This becomes important because remember the commission that's typically, that's typically paid on a home is 6% in gross commission. So, if you're going to sell homes that are going to be in the $300,000 range, that means that the gross commission on that will be six times three is $18,000. $18, if you happen to list it but not sell it, just list it, that means that your brokerage will get nine, the other brokerage will get nine, and then how much you're going to get is based on your contract that you have negotiated with your broker. So, it's quite a, uh, possible that you sell a home for, uh, list a home for sale for $300,000. And you list it, and you're working for Keller Williams, somebody for uh, works at Lion is actually the selling agent. So you find out their brokerage, Lion's going to get $9,000, your, go- your brokerage is, is going to get 9000 And then depending upon your employment contract with your broker, if you're on a 50-50 split, that means that you'll get $4,500, and they'll get $4,500. Okay, so it's, you know, it's important that you know what you're going to earn as a result of your efforts. Okay. Um, currently, how long do these properties stay on the market? How long do they stay on the market? In other words, when you're looking at properties that are for sale, how soon do you believe from the day that you list a property for sale would it take before it is actually sold? Whereas if you list it today on the average to those properties sell in 30 days, 45 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days, how long do they s- take to sell? As an example, if you happen to be in an area that's really nice homes that are in a low price range, say in the $300,000 price range, but they're in really nice neighborhood, very, very nice neighborhood, or the condos or townhouses, you may find out that they sell rather quickly. They may very well sell in, um, oh, who knows, maybe we will sell in uh, uh, maybe 30, 30, 35 days. They'll sell because there's a high demand for it. If, on the other hand, you decide you're going to sell houses that are in the million-dollar range, not that there's anything wrong with those houses, but they're going to take an awful lot more effort than they're going to sit on the market for a very, very long time. So you'll say, oh, God, if I sell a, a million-dollar house, the gross commission on that is, is uh, $60,000 is a lot of money, but you may find out that that house has to be on the market for maybe you know five, six, seven, eight months before finally it's sold. So it's going to take substantially longer. So you need to know what that is. Okay, next thing. Specifically, in the area where you work, which real estate offices sell homes in the area? In other words, who is the competition in the area? Is it Lion Realtors? Is it Cook Realtors? Is it Remax? Is it uh, Keller Williams? Who sells homes in those areas? Very, very important. Because by doing that, if you've selected an area and now you know who the real estate companies are, now you know who you could potentially work for. If you're looking in the the, this area right here, which is uh, around Land Park, and you look around and you say, okay, who sells homes in this area? Well, Cook Realty, which is right down the street, does that, and REMAX does. But you may find out, just as, as, a, as an example, that maybe there's no Century 21 office that really sells a lot of homes in this area. They're, they're not a company that usually markets in this area very well. So you would say, listen, if I want to sell in this area, Century 21 may not be the company to sell for or may not be the company to work for. So you just need to know who it is that you're, who, who sells homes in that area. The next thing is, and you need to list who they are and uh, whatever. Down below that it says for the list of companies you listed above, what, name three companies that you plan on interviewing with. In other words, once you figure out who these companies are, who, what, you know, who's working in that area, which companies do you decide that you're going to go and work for, that you're going to want to interview for? that you're going to call up and say hi my name is Pat Hogarty I'm good I either uh, have my real estate license or I'm going to get my real estate license I'd like to come down to talk to you because I'm considering on selling properties in, in this particular area and I've observed the fact that you're one of the companies that sells properties so who are those companies that sell properties in that area okay very very important who are they who are your competition and also too not only competition but remember if you're selling homes in the area, those are the people that you're probably going to have to pick the phone up and talk to and work with because they are the ones that have the listings. Okay, so you're going to need to know who they are. Next, what date do you plan on going to work for the company you selected? Okay, so remember, you've got the date that you're going to take your license, the date you're going to pass your, you know, you take and pass your, uh, your exam, the date you're going to get your license, what date do you actually plan on going to work for them? As an example, I may say I'm going to go to work for one of these companies the beginning of June. Okay, so if I want to start on June, what do I need to do in order to get to that date? You know, I know the dates that it's going to take me, how long it's going to take me to get my license, how long it's going to take me to get ready for the exam, when do I want to start the date? Now some of you may go, oh my goodness, you know, I actually have to pick a date. Well, yeah. You know, we just can't talk about theoretical matters. We have to talk about what date is it that you plan on actually doing something. Okay, like when you go to college, you know, we talk about it for a couple years, and then we finally say, you know what, fall semester, I'm going to register. Okay, so that's what we're talking about, what date? Next thing is, is that please describe how you plan on marketing your services. You know, the last couple times, we talked about a lot of different ways you could market your services. I talked a lot about holding open houses. You know, advertising, sending email out to people, contacting your sphere of influence, letting people know that you're in the business. How do you plan on letting people know that you are in this business and that you're ready, willing, and able to help them buy or sell property? How, how are you going to make that telephone ring? How do you plan on making that telephone ring? Really, how do you plan on doing that? The next thing, how are you going to get your first listing? How are you going about getting that? You know, are you, are you just going to kind of sit around in the office, or do you have some kind of a plan in mind? You know, I'm going to, you know, what are you going to do to get a listing? Okay, to actually start and get in the business. Conversely, how do you f- plan on finding your first buyer? You know, are you going to go to work, and when you talk to this real estate company, are you actually going to say to them, I would like to hold some open houses? because some people, remember the people at a, that could be potentially clients are out on Saturday and Sunday or during the week looking for houses. That's how you meet people. Remember, the world is this big, and the number of people. And you want to talk to the number of people out of this size that are looking to buy and sell homes in that particular area. So the question is, how do I get in contact with those people? What do I need to do? Open houses might be a method. Um, next, what date do you plan on having your first buyer? Okay, now if you plan on having your license and being placed and working for somebody in June, when do you plan on actually having a buyer or seller? Now that becomes important because of the fact that, guess what, you're not going to earn any money or any commission until you do what? Until you sell something. And that becomes important in the business plan. You know, I've seen too many people that have entered this business and not have seriously sat down and looked at this. And I'm here to tell you right now that if you're going to go in any kind of a business, whether it's opening a donut shop, an ice cream shop, a coffee shop, it doesn't make any difference what it is, a garage, you have to think about this stuff. Where am I going to locate? When am I going to go into business? What licenses do I need? How am I going to get my first customers? Even if you're going to fix cars, am I going to go around the neighborhood and pass out flyers and tell them I'm in the car repair business? How are you going to do that? Okay, because you are going in your own business. You are your own boss okay so when do you plan on finding your first buyer okay so you could say for example I'm going to start in June 1st working for Remax okay and I've already talked to the broker and I plan on going uh, out and holding some open houses and I'm probably going to do that a few weeks in a row and probably hopefully if I do that and do that well I probably should at least have somebody I'm working with as a buyer after about the second or the third open house that I have somebody that I am sending information to and working with to help them buy a house okay what date do you plan on having your first commission check? Okay, if you go to work in June and you find your first buyer in, say, the middle to the end of the June, remember it's going to take, what, maybe a month or two before you actually close the transaction and receive it. So you might be talking about September or October before you receive your first check. Now some of you may go, oh my goodness, I never thought about that. Well, part of the business plan is it just kind of makes you think, you know, know, listen, I'm going to have to do some activity or some work until I finally, you know, until I finally receive my first income. Okay. Okay. The next thing is, is down here I say, you know what we need for financial purposes for you to be able to calculate what you think you're going to earn on the sale of a property. Okay. Just like, for example, if I am going to go in the business, in the auto repair business, I'm going to open a garage up. I have to figure out how much am I probably going to earn per customer. Not gross, but profit. Because that will dictate to me how many customers I need in order for me to be able to make enough money to pay for the lighting bill, the heating bill, whatever it happens to be. I need to know what that is. So what I've done is I've given you an example here. I said, okay, if you are selling a piece of property for $300,000, if that's the sales price of the house, and the gross commission is 6% of $300,000, that means that the listing and the selling broker are going to split 50-50. So each one of them is going to get $9,000 each. Out of that, your commission, your commission broker and agent split, e.g. your gross, would be 50% of that if that's the 50-50 split. So that becomes important when you go into work for the broker. Am I in a 50-50 split, a 60-40 split, a 70-30 split? What kind of a split am I on? Because it's going to dictate how much of that income, gross income you're going to get back out again. You want to know that. Okay, So if you are in a 50-50, which is typical for a brand-new agent, if you're going to work for you know companies that don't have desk fees or anything in other words they say to you listen we're not going to charge you for a phone just sit at the desk <laughs> okay then it's going to be fifty fifty if they tell you hey listen don't worry about it you're going to get a hundred percent commission then what's going to end up happening is you're going to have to pay a desk fee you're going to pay so much to, whether you have a desk there or not you're going to pay so a certain amount of a fee just to have your license there so you need that's why during the interview process you want to know how that works so anyway it says okay your split going to be 450 now I've come up with this factor I've said okay on the average how much money you as an agent would you have spent in trying to market that property in other words how much would you have spent how much would you have spent on you know registering it with a multiple listing system making flyers holding open houses whatever and I've just come up with a number your number may be greater or it may be less what I've said is you know what if I make forty five hundred dollars on that I'm probably going to spend about 10 percent of that that I'm going to be using 10 percent of that and trying to market the property now you may very well say no 10 percent is too much I don't think I'm going to spend that I'm going to spend 5 percent but it's going to be some kind of a number it's going to be something less than that if it's 5 percent it'll be 225 dollars you know so keep in mind that you're going to have to figure out some way to figure out how much you're going to be spending for each um, listing uh, for each sale listing okay then that's going to end up in resulting with you a net figure. In other words, I made $4,500 on the sale of the property and commission. This is how much money I'm going to walk away with, okay, gross, at the end. Down below that I said, how much net income before normal business expenses, phone, association fees, gas, insurance, would you want to make a year? What do we mean by that is this. Net income is how much money you're going to receive that you can do what? Spend. Spend on coffee, donuts, ice cream, uh, you know, uh, dinners, making your house payment, whatever. That's your net income, okay? That's the money you can spend or save or do whatever you are. Now, what I've said is is how much net income before normal business expenses, such as your telephone that you're going to use for business, your association fees, your insurance, or whatever, how much do you plan on making? What do you want to make, okay? You may very well say, you know what, I work, for, uh, I work for Sears and Roebuck and I work in the tire department and I make you know $25,000 a year and the reason why I'm going into real estate is because I want to make more money. I want to make $50,000. And the reason why is when you name that figure, that's going to enable you to figure out how much gross you have to make in order to make the net. Okay. Now, down below that, I said, for example, if you want to make $50,000 a year, you would divide the $50,000 by $404,050, which means that you need to sell 12.34 or somewhere between 12 to 13 13 properties per year with each property averaging about $300,000. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody, okay? Which is essentially talking about probably in the three three million dollar range that you need to sell. Okay? Now you may say if I want to make more money, I need to do I, I have to do one of two things. I either have to sell houses that are more expensive or I have to sell more houses, <laughs> one or the other. Keep in mind is that the higher the prices are of the houses that you sell, you do make more, but you're going to have to work harder to sell them. I'm saying in a lot of case in some cases you will, okay? So you kind of want to know. So if you sit down and say, well, if I want to make 50, how about a, what do I need to do to make 60? So you can actually calculate it out and say, oh, I need to sell another three houses a year or four houses a year, something that you have an idea so that you can actually sit down at the beginning of the year and plan and say, listen, I need to sell, every single month I need to sell a house. Okay, and if I need to sell a house, what is it that I need to do in order to ha- make that happen? Okay, um, you start playing what we call the numbers games words, how many properties do you need to do, which will actually indicate to you, okay, well, if I want to get more buyers, usually on the average, if I hold an open house, I usually end up getting, uh, you know, maybe on a weekend, a good weekend, I may get maybe 30, 40 people through there. That's going to result in maybe five people that ask me to help them buy, and it's going to result usually in maybe two people that actually do buy. So as a result of that, if I want to get more buyers, I probably need to hold more open houses, Okay. I, need, I, need, I can't do it twice a month. I've got to do it three times a month to get more buyers. Or if I, or you know what your ad response is. If I put an ad in the paper on the weekend, I usually get so many calls. Those calls result in so many buyers. Okay, As a result of that, I probably need to run more ads or more different types of ads, which are going to make the phone ring more, which are going to result in more people. So you need to have some way of figuring it out, some way of calculating it. Um. So anyway, down the bottom it says, which means that you would have 12 to 13 properties averaging around $300,000 each year uh, uh, for a total gross uh, sales of around $3,600,000 $3, a year. Okay. That's just an idea. Okay, That's how you would do it. You may say, no, it should be less or it should be more. Okay, by how much? Okay. Next. It says if you wanted to make $100,000 a year, you would divide $100,000 by 450, which means this is just to give you another example, which would mean that you would have to sell 24.69 or between 24 to 25 properties averaging around $300,000 a year. Again, so that you know what the numbers are. If you want to make more money, you need to either sell more properties or you need to sell higher-priced properties, one or the other. <clears throat> now, down below here, I say... Using the example that I've shown you prior to this, calculate your first commission on the property you will either list or sell. Remember, understanding the fact that you're going to get 50% of the 50%, okay, as a minimum. Okay, you may get more. Like, if, for example, you list and sell it. You're going to probably make more. But the chances of you listing and selling, in other words, you, find you list it and you also find a buyer may or may not happen. So you kind of count on the fact that you've listed it. Maybe somebody else is going to sell it. So what it does is it goes down through here, and then you sit down and calculate this. You say, okay, if it's $400,000 or $200,000, you figure out what it is based on the example I gave you to say how many houses you need to sell in a year's period of time. This is just called business plans. Okay, down below I have a little statement that you're going to fill in. It says, to make my yearly income of whatever it is, I will have to list and sell whatever the number of properties is per year. This means that I have to sell a total amount of... Okay, see how that results in what your total ma- amounts to be? My total expenses and normal business expenses. So you're actually by doing this you're able to fill out all of this part right here. You're actually able to fill that amount out. Last part down here as it says shown on the next page is an example of the financial spreadsheet that I have calculated. Okay, in other words when you're in a business situation you have to sit down and say okay How much money am I currently earning or how much money am I going to earn per month and where is my money going to go to? Okay, You have to do that, right? Okay. So I have one little disclaimer down the bottom of this. I said I want to make it very clear I am not asking you to turn in any work that includes your personal information as far as your financial income comes. So don't come back to me and say, listen, I I don't want, you know, I have to put down that I actually pay this in MasterCard or that in MasterCard. I'm not asking you to do that, okay? That's something you have to, you know, yourself have to do. But I'm saying, in fact, for the expenses, you can use any of the expenses from the example. What I'm trying to do is get you used to how are you going to figure out what your, you know, what your costs are so you're honest with yourself. What, you should be, what should be important to you, though, is that you are totally honest with yourself. Many people enter the real estate sales profession without looking at the real numbers, only to leave the profession after a short period of time. Please remember that the numbers do not lie. You know, you calculate those numbers out, and they'll tell you what you need to do. They tell you. Sometimes it's like somebody woke you up and threw cold water on your face, but they tell you. Okay. So that's the first thing. So you'll finish that, and that's something you want to start working on, like, right away after class. You want to start working on that, OK? Uh, and I have no, uh, you know, just start working on The next thing I want to do is show you, OK, I have empty business plan, OK. I have given you here an example of what might be in a spreadsheet, OK, As an example. So you'll notice down that across the top, I've put January, February, March, April, May, June, July, all the way through December okay, for a year. And um, down the left-hand side, what I've done is I've given you an example of kinds of income that you would have. For example, if you were married, you may say, okay, I have income that currently comes in from a spouse. You know, of so much money or income that comes in from retirement or something. So, you want to think about what do you currently have? How much money? The reason why is some people will actually start working real estate on a part time basis. They'll say, you know, I work for the state of California, I work for the county, I work for the city, I work for someplace else, and I'm going to continue in that job. And I already know I have that much money coming in. And what I'm going to do is figure out how many houses I need to sell because, you know, I, I just can't quit this job with all these medical benefits and dental benefits and go into real estate. I need to be thinking about it, okay? Down below it says your commission after selling price. What I've done here is just take that, That remember that commission that you would receive, that net commission after you've paid your initial expenses, okay? And what we're doing here is we're assuming that you are selling one house per month. That's the assumption. If you're going to sell more houses per month, that's fine. Less houses per month, that's fine, but you're going to put down whatever that is. Then down below here, you're going to have whatever your gross income is. That means whatever income that you have plus any income you plan on getting from selling real estate. Down below here, again, this is where if you don't want to, I'm not asking you to put down your personal expenses, okay? If you want to change these, though, that's fine. What I'm doing here is I'm saying basically this, that you may have a car. And by the way, that car, you're going to have to pay the insurance. We're going to have to be cognizant of that. You'll pay the insurance that you have to pay in that month because that's going to be expense that month. You have maybe another car payment. You know, so I'm showing all the car payments you may have, any car repairs that you're going to budget for, any charities, which might be you to start with, any clothes, anything, anything else that you would consider the things that you need to consider when you're going, that you need to be aware of. Health insurance, credit cards, whatever, utilities. Those are all personal expenses. And then this just shows what the total personal expenses happen to be. How much are you putting out on a, total, on a monthly basis? How much are you putting out total expenses? For a lot of us sometimes what we may do, you know, as time goes by, they go, you know what, I didn't realize my telephone was costing me $150. <laughs> I need to reduce that price, okay? Uh, so in other words, people will look at that and figure out some way to reduce that. But when you look at it one picture, the whole thing just comes to light what's really going on. Now, now that you know your income and your expenses, what you're going to do down here is you're going to show what kinds of business expenses you're going to have to deal with. In other words, if you are going to be in the real estate business, you're going to have some things like association dues that maybe you pay once a year. You're going to have things like business cards you know, that you pass out to people. Okay. You're going to have auto expenses. You're going to have long-distance phone call training, Internet technology. In other words, there's going to be things that are associated with your business that are going to be deductible, but they're business expenses. After that, you're going to show your commission here, your total business and expenses, and this is your cash flow. If you see that I have red here, that means that that's a month in which you did what? You lost money, okay? You didn't make money if it's (laughs) negative, okay? Uh, Typically, that's the reason why, like in a lot of businesses, like in a lot of the retail businesses, they'll say why, uh, for example, Christmas. Thanksgiving and Christmas is really a very important time because during the other months of the year, especially if you walk through some of those mall stores in the shopping mall, you'll see that there's months that they don't do anything. It's just people sitting around, drinking coffee, eating donuts, and nobody's buying any shoes. Those months, they happen to lose money. They still have to pay, you know, the lease payments. They still have to pay the lighting bill and the water bill and everything else, but nobody's buying shoes. And what ends up happening is they have a month or two in which they do quite a bit. They earn quite a bit of their money that month. So you are going to have months that you do well and months that you don't do well. Okay. Any spouse's income, and then the net income after family, all, all the expenses. So this is just, I know I'm just showing you this, this so you're going to have to have the time to think about it, how it works, look at the documents and make sure you understand. Okay? The next document that I basically want to show you is I have created, for working purposes only, a business plan spreadsheet. Okay? That's empty. Okay? Okay? In the sense of just giving you something that as you're sitting there thinking you could make copies and handwrite the stuff in as you're working along with it you know in other words okay how many houses what might you know so you can doodle away and figure it out just on a piece of paper Okay. okay then the next thing that I have in here I do want to show you one thing without going in here I do have a thing called a I have an Excel spreadsheet that I've already filled out a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet again we want this in a format that's e- that you can read, and if you need some assistance or help with this, we have the business department. Like I, get, I said, we have people laying around over there doing nothing in that lab that can help you. So you go in there and talk to those people and say, Pat sent me over here. Help me. Okay. Help me technically, not <laughs> help me. Put the numbers in there. Okay, then the final thing that I want to show you as far as documents goes uh, is you may say, what is, it, what is the final thing going to look like? and this is an example of the final, if you will, final report, okay? And I'm gonna kinda pull it up like this, maybe raise it just a bit, okay? You're going to have a title page on it, and the title page is going to say, and I want it this way. In other words, I don't, when I show you how I want something to look, I don't want you to have where you decide to put your name on top and the, and the other thing in the middle. I want it to look a certain way. So you're going to put up here in the beginning real estate uh, plan, business plan, created for, and then whatever your name is, okay? Down below there, you're going to be who prepared it. You were the one that prepared it. And then down below that, you're going to say that it's uh, California real estate practice, who the professor is, and that just happens to be me in my case, okay? So that's your title page, okay? The next thing I'm going to kind of blow this up is you're going to have something called an executive summary. And I know if you've had business classes, they're going to tell you uh, that what you really want to have anytime you write a report for anybody is you want to have an executive summary. In fact, in most cases, most people never really read, you know, in a lot of cases, past that executive summary because the executive summary should more or less capture most of what you need to say in the report, although it should be no more than usually about one page in length, okay? So I'm going to kind of read what this says or read portions of it. Uh, it's going to have an area that's going to talk about what your personal background is, your real estate training, your business concept. So I'm going to kind of go through here. And so you're going to have a topic that's going to say what your personal background is, what your real estate training is, your business concept, your current situation, your key challenges, financial situation. So I'm just going to kind of read this. It says, uh, in this particular case, and I think Bob, has got, Bob will bring it up here on the uh, TV setup on the monitor. Bob? Is Bob there or is he sleeping? Bob? Okay, he must be. Okay. Okay, what's going to happen here is you're going to have, and I'll kind of blow it up so hopefully you can see it on the TV at home. It says, personal background. My name is Mary Jones. I am a part-time real estate student at Sacramento City College. So far, I have taken real estate principles and real estate finance and real estate law. So what is your background as far as education goes there? Uh, currently, I am taking an introduction to computer information science, CISC 310 class at Sacramento City College. I live in the North, uh, North Sacramento, and I have worked for the last five years for Sears Automotive Tire and Service Department as a salesperson in the Arden Fair Shopping Center. Okay, that's it. Okay, background. I've worked for McDonald's. I've worked for whoever. Okay. Second part real estate training even so i have taken several real estate courses i still have not taken my salesperson's exam on september fourteenth or whatever the date happens to be i made all of the arrangements to take my exam on tuesday do you see where this is starting to come out of which you wrote it down tuesday november twenty nine two thousand five at the department of real estate in sacramento i have completed i have complete confidence Complete confidence that I will pass my examination on the first time and receive my license by December of 2005. Okay. Next, business concept. Since I live in the north part of Sacramento, I'm very familiar with the schools, shopping, services in the area. This is the area where I would like to work. My average selling price of homes where I live range in the price from 350 dollars to $400,000. The area also has a lot of townhomes, condominiums for sale, and there are some homes around the Pensacola Country Club that sell for more than a million dollars. There are too many, uh, there are many large and small real estate firms that list and sell homes in the area. For the last two years, homes have sold very quickly in this area, but with the increase in interest rates, the homes are taking longer to sell. Okay, current situation. I have not yet made a decision on which real estate brokerage I would like to work for. If you have, then you would say who it is. Okay. I have attended a, night, a, a career night at Lion Realtor's office and liked the agents and the managers I met. That's sometimes the way, if you look in the business section under employment, under real estate, you will see where people will have open houses, open house nights. And you can go to those, and it doesn't cost you anything. And the whole idea is for them to expose expose to you their kinds of training they have, and their kinds of things that they have. You know what they offer. I would recommend that you don't make any decisions till you've gone and talked to at least three companies. Don't <laughs> I don't care no matter what. You may get it all done and go back to the first one again, but make sure you get talk to enough people to get enough insight. Um. Okay, so anyway, uh, my plans are to have an, an information interview with, I, I've spelled that wrong, with two to three of the companies in the air before I make my final decision to who I'm going to work for. Key challenges, I still feel that I need to find out more about information about the local real estate market. I am familiar with the neighborhood that I live in live in I still need to find out more about the other homes and the land that surrounds my neighborhood. I also have to decide what areas that I would like to uh, to get new listings. Financial situation move this up. Now right now I cannot enter the real estate field on a full-time basis. My car is about 5 years old, but it uses a lot of gas. <laughs> Just throwing that in, okay? Or you may say I have a motorcycle and I have no way to carry anybody around, you know? I mean whatever that happens to be. Also, I need to have health insurance, which is provided my, by my current employer. I have savings in the bank, which will help me finance my real estate sales business. I need to close my first real estate transaction and receive a commission after about four to five months in the business. So when is it that you're going to do it, okay? Um, I then plan on using the money to find, uh, fund the continued re, um, existence and growth of my real estate business. It's your real estate business. That's why I keep saying it's your real estate business. It's not Lions. It's not REMAX. It's not Keller Williams. It's you. That's who the business is, okay? Uh, down from here, I go on. And this is where I kind of got, in my case, a little bit lazy because what I did is, not lazy, but what I did is I just had where I want you to be able not to just, hand, I'm not wanting you to handwrite this in, you're going to retype it, but it's just the idea of giving you the idea that I've pulled stuff out of that checklist and put it in here that you'll type it and it'll just be a part of the narrative report. So I've said the geographical area where I'd like to concentrate my marketing efforts is bound by where is it on the south, the north, the east, or the west, okay, and then what are the prices that sell for in the area, so on and so forth, okay. Uh, my, my real estate brokerage competition, who is the people that sell homes in the area? Who, who is it that actually sells? Um, from the list above, the five largest companies are whoever they happen to be and sell about what percentage do they sell. In other words, you're going to find out that some of these companies, you, you are going to have the odd company. Like, for example, when I sold my house a couple years ago in El Dorado Hills, I had it listed with a company called Remax. Okay, that's who listed it. But the person that sold it came out of the Colwell Banker office in downtown Sacramento. Okay, so you are going to have people, the odd person, once in a while that will come out of the middle of nowhere. So you're never going to have where those people that live in that area are going to sell list and sell all the homes. But you're going to want to know who sells the majority, the largest percentage of the homes in that area so you know who they are. Okay? Uh, real estate brokerages, I, I will interview with after researching the geographical area where I would like to work. I have determined that I will co- contact either either the broker or the sales manager at the following companies to set up an interview at these companies or on or before, and then what date you plan on doing it. Okay. What's the name of the company? That means name. You put the company name here, street city zip code broker name phone number email address in the interview when do you actually plan on doing that i want that real i don't want to have uh, you know mickey mouse's real estate company you know i want i want i want to know who it is okay because we're not asking you, you know we want to know who who is it that you actually plan. did you go to that effort to get their name and their phone number and everything else so you know who it is that you're going to you would do this with Okay. Um. Down below this, it says real estate, brokerage, employment section. After I complete my interview, I plan on making a final decision on which company to go to work for. By what date do you plan on doing that? And I'm going to look for a certain kind of commission spillet. Are you going to look for 50-50, 60-40, 70-30? What are you going to look for? Okay. You're going to find out that very large companies, the Keller Williams type company, the Lion, people like that may very well provide a lot of training and smaller ones won't. Or sometimes the smaller ones will provide a good amount of training. You know they'll bring you on in, in an area where it might be as an assistant, and they'll, they'll provide excellent training. That's why I want you guys looking at a lot of different companies. Okay? But again, you don't want to look at 20 because some people never make a decision. We call that paralysis of analysis, if you have ever want to hear a term of it. In other words, it, by you doing too much analysis, it actually paralyzes you from making a decision. So that's why we want to call it paralysis from analysis, so if that makes sense to you. I, just one more car. If I look at one more car, I might finally buy the thing. You know, you need to finally set down the thing. Um, okay, I, I should have my contract negotiated and signed by whatever date. Remember, this is a very important contract. You want to read every little part of it. Also, I should have my real estate license placed with this company buyer. Remember, when you get your license, you'll have a license. But you also are going to have to have fill out whatever the appropriate documentation paperwork is to say yes, I'm going to place it with this company, whoever that company happens to be. So you need to find out all those dates and times, okay, of how long that takes. Additional company, additional company training. So far, most of the education training that I've had in the real estate has been in an academic classroom, meaning here, okay. I know that I will need additional hands-on practical training in topics like how to prepare a listing presentation, how hold open houses, help clients qualify for financing, etc. I could have had some of this training if I had enrolled in that outstanding real estate four hundred ninety seven internship class at Sacramento City College, okay? <laughs> but I, I did not have time last semester. Once the criteria, uh, I'm sorry, one of the criteria that that I used in selecting whatever the name of the company is as the firm that I will work for is that there is an outstanding classroom and field training program shown below is a list of topics that I will feel that I need to have practical hands-on experience. In other words, we're doing all kinds of academic and theoretical things in the classroom, but what is it that you really, are you going to need to have hands-on to make you feel comfortable? You know, you're going to probably need to go out with some people when they're doing open houses so you know you're sitting on the other t- side of the table so you see 20, 30, 40 people walk in and see what they look like, what kind of questions do they ask. Are they short or tall, fat or skinny? You know, I mean, can you figure out how much money they make from what they look at? Do they, do they fill out the uh, logbook that you're trying to track who came in? How do they respond to you? You want to be able to, that's what I mean by experience, hands on. Uh, okay so marketing my services right now I'm in a new to the real estate profession following all the methods I plan on using to market my services with little or no money very important because you don't have a lot of money you're going to have to find some way to do it with little or no money I am first going to make a list of everybody that I know this is called the sphere of influence to keep the cost of contacting these people people I am going to make a list of their names and email addresses and send them an email okay because that's going to save me money. Every pair, If I send them a letter, it's going to cost me $0.39. Cents. Second, I am working for a real estate broker, I'm going to ask the broker if I could possibly hold open houses on the weekend for agents who have listings but do not have the time to hold the open houses. I'm going to ask that in the interview and find out if that's possible. That They'll agree to that. A few days before the open house, I plan on dropping off a flyer by the neighbor's houses to let them know and invite them down to the open house. It's not going to cost me a lot of money to do that. Okay? Uh, number three, during the open house, I will ask people to attend to sign a log with their name, email address, phone number, and type of homes that they are looking for, and when they plan on selling, I will then keep, be keep contacting them via email, again, finding ways that you can reduce your costs. Shown above, uh, shown above is a list of my, uh, some of my short-term marketing plans. Um, some long plans that I have will be a monthly newsletter. In other words, long term I may be working on developing a new monthly newsletter that I'm going to send out. Uh, that I will show uh, homes that are sold in the area and how much they have sold for. So I may decide to do that. Remember though, you want to be consistent in whatever you want to do. okay. Um, after that I say my first year in the real estate business that I will help me meet my business goals. Okay dollars and cents. This is where the actual financial plan comes down in the bottom here, I think. I don't have that there. So in other words, to this you're going to attach a copy of that financial plan, the spreadsheet, okay? So when you get all done, you take a look at that document. You're talking about a total, a total number of pages between 3 to 5 pages. I've given you a sample of how to do it. I don't expect you to run a Xerox copy of it and turn that into me. You know what I mean? You, I want you to put your time in. And I can tell if you've put time and effort in because I've been around long enough that I know who the brokers are. I know who some, not all the people by any stretch, sort of but I know some, some of the people. I know the areas fairly well. So if you give me an area and tell me that the homes sell for $150,000, I go, oh, I don't think so. You know, they're more or they're less in that area. Okay, but what, the whole purpose of this is that you need to plan what you're going to do. Okay, and this is maybe the first time in your life you've ever actually had to do something like this very seriously. But going into your own business is a very, very serious and important decision. And you want to do everything before you make that decision to make sure that you're doing everything you can to ensure your success. What you don't want to do is start into the business and find out, oh, I didn't realize it was going to cost me this much money to do it. Or I didn't realize that I have some clients that want to buy a house, but I don't have my license yet. I mean have I ever had students like that yeah I've had a couple of them that have actually had clients that wanna list houses for sale but didn't pass their exam and they're sitting there and the people saying can you list my house not really I can't list my house right now you know or can you help me buy you know you really want to be able to know when am I gonna be able to rock and roll you know Or, or or you know what is it what is the cost to me taking people around that's why today when you're when you're working with buyers you're going to want to seriously sit down and figure out some way to help qualify those buyers because taking them around and showing them houses costs money. So you're going to want to figure out what is it that I need to know that I'm, making, I'm working with somebody that is serious. You know, not somebody that's just interested in having me drive them around all day long and show them houses. Who are these people serious? And that's where your brokers can help you and advise you in doing that. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody. You know, I mean, you know, this is, you know, this is what you really want to do regardless of what business you go into it doesn't make any difference you realistically want to think about that so anyway, what should you be doing? you should be going, if you will home tonight or after you leave and you should be downloading these documents along with, remember, your study guide you should have already downloaded your study guide you should be downloading the documents and for no other reason start filling out the information that you already know I mean, you already know your name you already know, you know, certain things, so put those in. And then start your research. If you have a geographical area where you're going to look, pick up a map. Take a look at the map and say, where, where are the boundaries to this? You know? Then may, maybe spend some time going through there. Look, Go through the newspaper. Say, okay, that's in a geographical area. Who sells property in that area? You know, you have several weeks that are going by now in which you can take a look, for example, at the Sacramento Bee website and see what houses are for sale and see who has them listed or you can go to realtor.com, okay? So you can do this research and find out who's actually doing business in that area and what the houses are selling for. Uh, uh, Sacramento Bee's is another one. You, know, uh, you can drive through the neighborhood and see wh- what's actually going on. Those are another thing. So you're really just trying to gather data of what's realistically happening. But if you go to realtor.com, if you can remember... I think it's either Realtor.com. Let me see if I can get that real quick here for you. I'll go to something like Google to find it. Um, I think I have Google in here. Um, let me see if I can get it. Um, if I, here, I have it right here. If I go to Realtor.com, I think it's Realtor.com. This site here, if you can remember, www.realtor.com, Realtor.com. This allows you to look for property anywhere in the United States. Anywhere in the United States. So you could put in specific zip codes of where you want to look and states that you want to look in, postal codes or whatever, and then from that point you would be able to pull up the list of properties that are for sale. Okay? I don't have enough time for me to show you how that works now, but if you can just remember www.realtor.com and go in there and you can look up everything that will ever be actually in the MLS system that are for sale in the geographical area that you're interested in. Okay, and that can help you selecting the companies and finding out what the average prices of homes are for sale in the area. Anyway, I think that's pretty much it for today for show, what is this? This is show six, I think, right? Okay, uh, remember that I told you to check out the uh, schedule, the uh, exam schedule, and work on your business plan. And I'll see you back here uh, the next time for Show 7. Thank you very much for coming.